Lord, Nash News posted the video of me. Look, yes, it looks like a lot like Jay Leno. It's really bad. Really? Really like Jay's terrible angle. But it will. There's that. National News did? The Nash News. Oh, really? What were they? What were they reporting on? Um, is this they, okay to talk about on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. It's Holly Allen from the, is it The Bachelorette? What was her, God, Big Brother? What was she on? Whatever. The, anyway, but she's a spokesperson for Nash News. And, anyway, I mean, it's, I don't know what we. What were they reporting on with you about? They're just, the new song? They're, new music. It's, uh, it's, so what they're doing is a, um, it's a milkshake date. And they just they'll interview artists like Tyler Brayton or whatever, and they just interview. They have a milkshake date at a legendary milkshake bar in Nashville, and uh, just it's more of a it's less about the music and more about like like a date conversation. Yeah. Like more intimate, personal questions. Are you still dating? I am. You have a boyfriend. I do. You like? He's that? hanging on by the skin of his teeth. He is. Well, it takes a lot to make the cut. You know what I mean. <laughs> And just because you're good looking doesn't mean you can get away with murder. <laughs> so he is delicious. That's what my, he, my friends call him delicious. Does he know? Does he know he's hanging on by the skin of his teeth? He does. <laughs> so when you when you know that you he skipped open weekend turkey season to go to my best friend's wedding with him, and that's sweet. He did. But, well, but then again, he, that's that, sh- but that's but that was planned months and months. That should have gained so. him some points though. It d- it did, it did, but I mean, I don't believe in rewarding expected behavior. You know what I mean? I think you reward the above and beyond, and, and but you have to affirm good behavior too. You have to affirm that. But you can't miss opening day turkey season. No, but he shot more turkeys probably than you. So why does he need to go? You know what I mean? Like, well, it's like he's going to have all the. He's having. I'm going on the road this weekend. He's got all. He's got all this weekend to do it, and next weekend if he wants to. Yeah, I'm just saying it's kind of tradition and, and it, down it. here it's like religion almost. Are you allowed to say that about things in the South? Like, yeah. Can you compare things to religion? Like, like the, well, the, football is a religion in a way. Yes. Yeah, like the SEC is almost like religion, right? Yes. Down here, it's yes. almost like sacred, right? Yes. So I understand opening day of deer season's big deal. Opening opening day is a big is a big deal. When you read those words right there, this life ain't for everybody. Do you know the story behind how I named that? No. So when I first came to Nashville, it was in 2008. The first bar I ever went to was Losers in Midtown. My God. And that was the sign behind, behind the um, where the you know where the band sits in. That now it's across the bar on the other side, but all their shirts still say that on the back. Love. And that was the sign. It was written in these big letters. And I said, man, I love that. So I started thinking, like, I wonder what that means. Spent a lot of time at Losers. Uh, so what do you what do you think that means, Hannah? With you moving here from your home state to Georgia, you move here to become who you are now. But it's a long road, right? Like, oh what God, do those yeah. words mean? Like, if I'm applying it to Nashville, this life ain't for everybody. It's it it, it just means it's not for the faint of heart. Uh, no pussies allowed. Can yeah. I say that? Excuse me, <laughs> tater bug. But I mean, uh, you know what I mean. It's. Uh, uh, everybody's story is different some people are fortunate enough to have daddy's money or a backer or you know someone to help fund their career and there's uh, others of us that have to live on ramen noodles like jake owen or me and sleep on a mattress on the floor or go homeless or you know what i mean uh, my girlfriend uh, sarah married jameson Rogers, Sarah Turner, I handed her my house cleaning business. I scrubbed toilets while I was writing songs professionally, which I still am, and opening shows for the Cadillac 3, but just because I couldn't afford to pay my band, and I sold all my guitars, you know, to to uh, in order to pay my band and scrub toilets at, at night while I wrote songs by day. 
It's, it's, it, this life's not for everybody. So why do you still do it? Why do I do what? This, why, the music what, business? Yeah, my point is, is how do you know when you've made it? How long does it, is, I know that the time frame is different for everybody, oh, but do you ever get tired of the chase? It's been a prayer of mine for a long time that I wouldn't grow jaded, and thank you, Jesus. I've been here for 11, 12 years. I've not yet. Um, making it to me is doing this full living, uh, full time for a living. Uh, so I can put food on the table. I can pay my bills. Uh, can I buy that 77 Trans Am or that 77 uh, Corvette Stingray yet? No. But um, I employ several people, and and their livelihood matters more to me than my, you know, little wants and desires. So I'm on my way there. Do you, do you, being a Christian like you are and spiritual like you are. Thank you, Jesus. You, you thank Jesus and you show gratitude every day towards the man upstairs. But what does it really take to make it here? Like, because I see people that come in here and they, I, for lack of better terms, they cut in line. Like they, mm. did, they didn't pay their dues. Like the, the days of these talent shows and the social media and the record deals off of TikTok, it's not the same as like when Tracy Lawrence per se, who we both know and we're both very fond of, him, came yeah. up, right? They, I mean, even like Travis Tritt or- Garth, Jason Aldean, 10 year grind, yeah, yeah 10 exactly. year grind. Like they call this a 10 year town, but now it seems like things are happening like that for a lot of these artists. Does it piss you off? Does it upset you? Does it, do you you ever have to get do you get dark and jealous when you see others making it or does your spirituality and your connection with the Lord keep you sane because to me I it's hard it would be hard a for a question. human being to watch all because everything is so readily available to people now I can see what you're doing on a daily basis I'm not saying that you're showing everything but you might go on there and be like Oh, he got another record deal. He just signed another endorsement deal. Luke Combs just got a big bar downtown on off of Broadway, you know, taking over the Wild Horse. Like, there's a lot of success that's readily available to oh, see yeah, all the time. Uh, Does it drive you nuts and irritate you and make you jealous? Well, the old Hannah, yes. And I say that as in Hannah uh, pre-quarantine. But I think, uh, you know, because of my faith and because, you know, like, uh, you know, I lost my record deal during quarantine, and it was right after they pulled the plug, right after I released my debut music, just and then pulled it, um, and because I didn't have a team around me, and that was a breaking point for me. But what I realized is that tunnel vision, or you know, the best thing you can do is to put on blinders, uh, because your path is your path, and God knows your address, and He's not going to deliver my mail to your house, and He's not going to deliver your mail, you know, you know, et cetera, you know, to mine. And I just think that uh, I just know that my route. I've always been told my route's not going to look the same as everybody else's. So I can go, I can bitch about why I'm not on XM Radio right now, or I can go email those guys myself, um, or I can go pursue this TV deal. And if I can't get in your ears, I'm going to get in your faces, which is a lot of what I've been doing this past year and last year was getting on TV. So I'm just taking opportunity where I can, where it makes sense, um, because I understand finally, and I can sleep well at night because I know that my path is going to look different than everybody else. I'm not just a I'm not a one trick pony. I've, you know, there's a lot here to offer and whatever presents it to the world first is is what it what it takes have you found yourself becoming i ramble too much no you're great do you think do you find yourself becoming more of and i've had to fight this in my career um where you got your blinders on and you stay so focused on the task at hand and your vision short-term goals mid-term goals long-term goals 
And then all of a sudden you get presented with the fact that somebody else had a little bit more success than you. And the first question is why? And then it's, you become envious a little bit. At this point in my career, I cheer everybody on. Like, because of, you, you know, because right. of understanding that what you said about the mailboxes and that God's not going to live your mail to me and vice versa, I find it very easy and comforting to say, hey, I'm doing my thing. I'm, I know that, they're, that, every, that I'm not going to be the best at everything that I do in the world. There's going to be somebody better all the time. Right. But I've created a path of my own, and I've also cherished the fact or, or really liked the fact that I don't look at competition and go, they don't deserve that. They, 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 I deserve that. That should be mine. And I know that we've all gone through that, that, that part of maturity, but now I find myself being like, there's enough to go around. As long as it's yes. ethical and it's yes. done right, right? There is, to an extent, there is enough to go around. And... Uh, as a woman, it's so competitive because there's always been, a, and I'm not fussing about it, I, I accept the challenge because I consider myself one of the boys, and that's what's always made me stand out among the women. But there's a smaller piece of the pie for us to have, and um, I didn't just have that realization of, you know, the what I said earlier about God only delivering your mail to your house. I didn't have that overnight. It, it literally, it took my heart getting broken. It took me being robbed of my creativity, you know, a, She's. Uh, it took my friends passing me, you know, friends that cut my songs, which is great, but friends that told my jokes on stage and uh, verbatim, you know what I mean, and and did a lot of the things that I do or made some of the same content, um, covered some of the same songs and their sets, whatever. Uh, you can get you can get caught up in a lot, but you have to just realize who your really who your real friends are. And you got to play your cards correctly, and you can't show them to everybody and trust. You know, you have to kind of be really protective of what it is that you do. But there's a way to do that in love. Um, and I've just, you know, it's like God's taking this big old colander, and he's just sifting out the things that I don't need and the people that I don't need and, and hanging on to the, the ones that I do. And as a result, my relationships have improved. My music has improved. Um, my opportunities are coming in and uh, I just think it's a matter of doing what you do not getting distracted by everything else. You pay homage to a lot of the greats and a lot of your inspiration comes from true what I would consider true country by God. and I feel that this has been forgotten about in this city in a lot of cases but a lot of times people say who are you Chad Belding to get on a soapbox or a high horse oh I love and, it when you do and tell us what country music is so when I walk through the we're, we're honored to be in the Nashville Palace right now this is Dean Dillon behind us Randy, I Randy Travis Randy Travis here. Here. Alan yeah. Jackson saying in here like all, you've sang on the, I've watched you on this stage yeah. several times um, does it irritate you when you see what I don't call traditional country being put on country music radio and these guys or girls that are getting these bigger deals, these bigger record deals, these bigger tours, a lot of it's not country to me. Being on the inside like you are, does it irritate you to the point where you I'm, go like... I'm irritated for, because I feel like I speak for my fans um, and I speak for country fans. I'm irritated when it feels like it's being shoved down your throat. Um, you know, I, I know what it's like to when I stand in my merch and my meet and greet lines and I meet fans at the end of my shows and you know they're always like well why aren't you on the you know why didn't you open for John party last tour why did that I mean like we yeah um, uh, we just don't get it like referring to the opening act or we don't you know we don't like nobody connected da 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 I just think that uh, uh, 
the nostalgia, the the Hank Jr., the Alan Jackson, the pedal steel guitar, whatever whatever it is uh, that's that's homey and nostalgic that I that I love about '90s country and 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 what I've held on to, uh, merged with. Uh, the fresh Hannah. I think there's something there for everybody, uh, and it'll bring it'll bring back old country fans, and it will also make new country fans who are who, who didn't know what they were missing. But there's a there's a where I'm going. Have to re-answer that question. I'm sorry. No, it's you're not. But where I'm going is like. You have songs that are traditional country number one hits, like Breaking Up in the 90s, your song about the cassette tape and and, and the mixtape. Yeah, I signed a record deal. They signed me for that song, and they never released it. And that should be a number one hit. Not to say that I know what becomes a number one hit. Because they were pushing Walker Hayes' Ladies of the 90s song at the time. Which I love Walker. He's a, he's a really really sweet he's guy. A great guy. But but, but the but the songs that you can't compare the two songs. No. I mean, obviously there's one that's a lot there's better. A, there's but, other songs that have been written about breakups that don't touch that song either. Right. Don't and then later, home. Sam Hunt put out Sam one that was Hunt. very similar, and, and my song was written eight Breaking years eight years ago. Correct. 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 So and my song was the first on Music Row. My God, publishers blew my blew my phone up when I turned that song in eight years ago. Um, but does it piss you but, off that it's going to be forgotten? I know that's going to be sung on stage, but that should that should have already been a number. Honey, absolutely, yes, yes. It pisses me off that uh, you know that I, you know, my team didn't you know plow ahead and start. But I I begged and pleaded with them. I'm like, hey, take me to radio, please. Quit shelving me. Let's go ahead and do this. Like there is more than way, you know, one way to skin a cat. but uh, that label had a, had another game in mind, if you will, and uh, you know it just and they decided just to keep me on a shelf and let me do my own thing and just and see if I could do anything on my own, which is really unfair because if you got a Cadillac parked in the woods, nobody's gonna know it's there unless you you've got to have somebody to come and cut down the trees. Anyhow, so I that's why I. Uh, when COVID and quarantine happened, I launched my TikTok, which I began TikTok about two years before that. But I started building my page then, and I just wanted to say, hey, look, look what you got here. I'm here. And they actually offered me a second deal as a result, you know, that involved Hollywood, Sony Pictures. Anyway, but that went out of the door when, you know, my biggest champion uh, left the label shortly after that. So I just think that... um, yeah, I'm a survivor, and I think you've got to be because this life ain't for everybody. How do you get another record deal in Nashville if you lose one? Is if you it, want one, do you if you if you have one and you lose it, is it possible to get another one, or do it you is. want to stay independent and you're tired of that game? It is possible uh, to get another one, and I've been in conversation, um, but I really admire the way Cody Johnson has done things. Childers, Sturgill, guys like that, uh, even Aaron Watson, uh, they've built an independent bank if you will and as a result whiskey, Myers, Cody whiskey love them love them love them uh, you know, and, and I, again I'm not referring to their songwriting quality I'm just talking about the way that they've built an independent career True. Uh, and as a result Cody signed the biggest record deal in country music history because he had bargaining power and so that's kind of where we are right now is I'm trying to break into Texas doing well there and uh, I think sometimes you have to go outside of Nashville to get back into Nashville for the uh, the biggest example I could think of is Chris Stapleton you know Whiskey Risky Riff has put out several articles about how Nashville's sleeping on Hannah Dasher like they step, slept on Chris Stapleton and I have to agree with them uh, 
in that, uh, I mean, like if you were managing a, a Chris Young and there's a guy like Stapleton next door, you're not going to you do everything you can to guard the public from him to to make sure the spotlight remains on Chris and to make sure Stapleton stays out of the spotlight. Does that make sense? 100%. And so it took somebody. they know that if he gets discovered, it's over. Then it's over. Right. So they took it, it took somebody from outside of Nashville, Justin Timberlake, to to draw attention to Stapleton and that's all that he had to do you know Stapleton had the bite to match the bark and I believe uh, so I'm, in that, that, I'm in that same you're boat. saying all those nights of him lead, leading the steel drivers I've watched him several times oh, he's great. And, and he, he, he was, was in town for like 15 years 15 years, years. Yeah. so you're saying that that whole time that there was actually people that would keep him buried because they were nervous that absolutely really? yes absolutely how, that is so negative that is so it, honey, that's business I get it that's so cutthroat do you know how often that's been done to me no. I'm not complaining about it, but, you know, I just, uh, I think what goes around comes around, and I think God wants certain people to have their time right now because my time's coming. So I don't want to steal any thunder from them, and they sure as hell ain't going to steal it from me when I'm out of the gate. So I'm just loading up my AR-15 right now. We're just loading it all up. You got plenty of bullets coming. Yeah! So what? when you, you just put out this song about... Taking, you know, going to the, you know, taking Crying away the bank. the bank, yes. Yeah. And it's a great song. Thank you. Did you have a co-write on this? I do. I wrote it with uh, Minji Davis and uh, Dave Turnbull. Uh, just two of my buddies. I love them to pieces. And it was just, it was just too obvious not to write it. And uh, I really appreciate them chasing my vision on that. And the music video is a lot of fun. CMT just picked that up and they're uh, playing it. And uh, I'm tickled for the new music that's coming along with it. So tell us about that. You have a new album coming. I do. I do. I guess seven songs makes an album now. So I was calling it. So we released the half record a year and a half ago. Which was great. And, thank you. And this is the follow up to that. It's called The Other Damn Half. There's going to be seven songs and we're going to put three out so the first was crying away at the bank the next one that's coming up uh, may 11th may 12th uh it's a song called ugly houses and uh we was we wanted to we wanted to show my faith off just show a show a deeper side of me because there's so many is it let me erase that. <laughs> the next song coming out is May 11th or May 12th. It's called Ugly Houses. And it's a, it's a deeper song. It, uh, it showcases my faith, and, uh, which is a, a huge part of my journey. And I'm, I'm such a Saturday night, Sunday morning kind of girl. I, I believe the best way to reach people uh, through music or politics or uh, through faith is... Uh, to be approachable and 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 relatable and uh so you got song like that on there we've got i'm the one that taught him that thing you like coming as well in june <laughs> i know i know wow, that's gonna be so good that's gonna be good and of course redneck ass is gonna be on the package don't, I, don't I'm worry the about that. Him that thing you like yeah, it's called that thing you like me i'm the one that taught him that thing you like i've heard you sing that here maybe I, i've heard it live somewhere i about. sang it once I, uh, when i was with ashlyn and ben and those guys last week for, uh, God, I swear I've seen you sing that song. For the Outdoor Network. You did that, the Country Outdoors deal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I swear, I've heard it live somewhere. I've, I've only done it. I've only done sure? it. I've only, you didn't do it at the I've radio only performed deal? it. What's the radio thing in Nashville called where the uh, CRS, is it called CRS? Correct, correct. No, I, I You didn't do that on nope, the around? Nope, I did bank for there, no. I swear I've heard that song. So, when you start talking about... Well, I mean... I think some some bigger big artists have had it on hold and but I mean 
Maybe that's where you've heard. I don't know. I don't think you wrote it. With Wynn Varble. I know that I've heard that song. Let me ask you a question about a male artist that's kind of in the same boat as you. What's that? But I don't think he gives a sh, you know, earmuffs. Um, he doesn't care. It's he, he just opened for Luke at Nissan Stadium this week. Luke, I'm talking about Brent Cobb. Oh, I love Brent. Is he genius? Oh, Brent is. He is our generation's Roger Miller. Uh, so prolific, so gifted, so humble, so kind. Uh, he's been a mentor of mine early on uh he and i were considered the black sheep from georgia as much as i love luke bryan as a a person and he's a great songwriter and cole also a buddy but the whole georgia crowd never embraced me when i moved to town like i didn't get invited to dallas's to go hunting and fishing even though his his brother and brother-in-law live with me and hell i saved their life a few times (laughs) let's be honest um but georgia never really embraced me uh, and maybe I wasn't pretty. You're enough. talking about the musicians in Nashville, the, that were the songwriters Georgia. and the artists. From correct, Georgia. correct, correct. Uh, but Brent Cobb was quick to reach out and quick to include me, uh, you know, and and really get what I do. So uh, I just I can't say enough nice things about him. So if you have your spiritual crystal ball, going back to the mailbox comment. Okay. Could you sit here and tell me that he will have his time also, or has he had it already, and he's and his time was something different than being a breakout artist? Because when you hear the way he writes songs like Shine on Rainy Day or Digging Holes or well, Luke Bryan's hit Tailgate Blues, Brent Cobb wrote Tailgate Blues. And, and, uh, Brent's going to have, to answer your question, I don't have a crystal ball here, but I will say Brent is going to have as big of a career as he wants to have. And I think he's content where he is. He's moved back to Lake Blackshear. He and Lane, you know, they're, uh, he's, he's not going to chase the social media rabbit which I believe is a large part of what it takes to maintain a presence. Uh, you know, Eric Church and guys like that don't have to do, but they, they, they've already made it. But guys like Brent, uh, you know, like if I were him, I would have built up as much momentum around that Chris Stapleton tour and continued to build momentum online, uh, you know, but he's still, he's, he's touring, he's playing great rooms uh, my buddy ben chapman i believe just opened up for him on, on a few runs i think he's going to have as big of a career as he wants to have and uh, i think he's playing daddy and husband and he's he's got a lot going on so so at this point in your career you made a comment about females um not having a the same pe- same chance to that pie why is that in nashville well because it, they put it, out whiny it? songs i mean i don't want to listen to what's on my workout mix you know i've got well, workouts, you know, or what's on my party mix? I've got Bo Cephas, Cadillac 3, some John Party, uh, you know. Are you tired of the man-hating songs? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Cause no, it- I mean, I, I'm not tired of man-hating songs. I just, I mean, I think I think a, a great song is a great song, whether you're male or female. Uh, I tend to, and I've always related more to male artist to male songwriting as a little girl my girlfriends are all about some faith hill you know and i thought reba was amazing but i was alan jackson george Strait. that was more my thing i've just always been more drawn towards man music it just speaks to me more it's sexy what about live what about live performances do female live performances do it for you like male live performances on stage do it for you can dolly do what kenny chesney does can reba Never do what bo cephas does can, can the oh, girls do it on stage? Uh, can girls Reba, do it? Can Reba is a hell of an entertainer, but Bo Cephas is an even better entertainer. No. 
No. Men I do don't. better on stage, too? Yes. Hank plays a piano with his butt. <laughs> he play he plays the fiddle down here on his forearm and I mean Reba is amazing. Reba is I mean it, it's just it they're two animals that you can't really compare. Uh, and back in the day, my gosh, they used to, in the 90s, I heard they would hang her to a cable and she would fly out over the audience. She and Garth both did those things. Uh, so when the money's there, I think you can do anything you want to. And by God, I can't wait till I've got enough to, to really do what I want to do. Right now, we've got the 25-foot flag drop. But other than that, um, I, don't, I don't have pyrotechnics and a big light show yet. But one day I will. Hank doesn't have that. He, he doesn't need it. Song. He By doesn't, God, he doesn't need it. it. No, he doesn't need if it. If there was a, if there, and I, there, some of our mutual friends who I'm not going to say before the comment asked me who the Mount Rushmore of country music was. Hmm. And I named them, and then they went, well, what about this? And I went, oh my God, you're right. I can't believe it. Is it true, in your opinion, that there's a Mount Rushmore of country music artists, and then Bo Cephas is like a cloud above it that nobody will ever touch? <laughs> is he the greatest of all time by I, far? I believe Hank is. Hank beat the odds. Yes, Hank grew up with a lot of money, and that gave him an edge. But that's not what I focus on. He had such a huge shadow to outshine. And not only did he do that, he just, he he created, he paved, plowed his own road. And, and intertwined rock and roll and honky-tonk music. Uh, and did it so stylistically, so uniquely, and wrote the shit out of music, and he played the stew out of, you know, every instrument, and uh, he dominated. And he'll always be Hank Jr., like the Hank Jr. Is he the best of all time? In my in my opinion, he is one of the best of all time. So iconic-wise, you always name Alan Jackson in your top Ooh, three. Oh, Lord Jesus, what, one of the best. What did AJ have in the 80s and 90s? The songwriting was there. Yes. He had the long blonde hair. He had the cowboy hat. He had the Wranglers and the boots. He had the the, the twill jackets and the leather jackets. He had the and, voice. I and, mean, there you can hear nuances of George Jones and Alan Jackson. Uh, he just had an undeniable, unmistakable voice, which is what I think we're missing a lot of today. When you, like, in the 90s as a kid growing up, you turn the radio on, you could recognize, oh, that's Winona, or oh, that's Sammy Kershaw. Now Ooh, you can't that's tell them apart. Brown. No, now everybody kind of sounds alike. Uh and specifically, a lot of the women sound alike, I, I, with the exception of like so Ashley true. McBride. I think I could listen to her sing. She's amazing. She could sing the alphabet. Literally, I mean, and Ashlyn Craft's got this good scratchy thing going on. I mean, just could sing. You know, I could listen to her sing all day long. Like, I, you know, it's not that I don't like females or female voices, but I judge them a little harder because I am one. And you know, if you can't beat me. Uh, or if, if, if you're not better than me, I'm not, or as, you know, or where I am, I'm not going to be impressed. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, and I think that's fair. Sure. Because I hold myself to pretty, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tough on myself. You know. I'm going to name a couple songs, and I want you to tell me if you wish you would have wrote them. Because I see you in these songs when I hear them. I love it. And I was talking to Anna, who's not here right now, Tater's mom. Um, they've hey, introduced girl. me to this town called Dahlonega in Georgia. Yes. The dive bar Dahlonega song that Ashley put out. Yeah. That's got you all over it. Is this something that you could have written? Or do you get pissed that you didn't come up with that idea? Not that you couldn't, but do you ever like go like, damn it, why didn't I think of that? Because that song's genius to me. Not with that song. And, and, and I owe it another listen. Um, you know, I've... When I think of songs that I wish I would have written, uh, I think of more timeless things like I'm Over You, Keith Whitley, or uh, Hell Chattahoochee. 
Name a Vince Gill song that you wish you would have written. Oh my gosh. Uh, He's one of the when best. When I ever. Call Your Name. When I Call Your Name. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Name um, a Tim McGraw song that he sang and might not have written, but one that you wish you would have written. Don't Take the Girl. I was going to say the same one. He was on a run for a long time. Oh, yeah. He was a hit maker. He still, he still got it. He's amazing, Very right? Very good. Um, so where I'm going with this, Hannah Dasher, is when you come up with these ideas for these songs, because you are an edgy artist, your jokes on stage, your camaraderie, your wittiness, your cleverness, the way that you interact with the audience, you have a lot of that don't give a damn, you know, filter that, you know, you're, you, it's, it's, it's pretty much on E. You don't care anymore. Like, like so when I watch you perform, I'm like, oh, that was good. That was good. So when Vince Gill did this in Reno, Nevada one time, I told all my buddies, I'm going to go see Vince Gill tonight. And they're like, what? That dude ain't country. And I'm like, uh, yes, he, yeah, is. he is. But you heard the same thing about Gary LaVox. And Gary LaVox could sing the phone book. I loved, I love everything that Gary does. But when they were coming up, they got discovered for one thing or another that wasn't deemed country by everybody. Your country. And you live in Music City, USA, going back to the beginning of our conversation, would you compromise for the almighty dollar to get more poppy, to get this pedal steel out of your set and to run it through a vocal meter or a vocal, what, whatever they call the, the filtering that they're doing in a lot Absolutely of, not. You would no, never I, compromise. No. Compromise is not a choice at all. I've I believe in playing the game, and you got to wrap the. I always said you got to wrap the pill in a little cheese to get the dog to follow the medicine every now and then. However, uh, not not to the point of changing uh, yourself. And I fought hard and waited for a pedal steel guitar. You know, I, I, that's something that. Jaron Johnson, lead singer of Cadillac 3, dear friend, I love him. He discovered me, produced my first music. But that's that's something that he and I disagreed on. He kind of wanted me to be Cadillac 4, uh, which I'm a huge Cadillac 3 fan. Rock and roll is, you know, I love rock and roll almost as much as I love country music. It's a big part of my live show. But uh, I, I wanted a... I wanted the sound that I've got now with this music that's out and uh, with I wanted a pedal steel guitar and so I bought for that and the label thought it was too country and I'm like well hell it's country music aren't we in the commercial country music business you know I, I believe and I've always believed that there's a way to package that and as I've discovered on TikTok, you know, all the comments were saying, oh, my gosh, this is the country music I've missed. Or, oh, my gosh, I don't listen to country music, but I love this. So we found something that that is for more than just your average country fan. When when you see the the rebirth, I would call it, of the Tracy Lawrence is getting invited out on stage with Aldine or let's say Jody Messina getting a rebirth because of Cole's song. About I think it's had, great. So does this, is the timing of Hannah Dasher falling in perfectly with this rebirth of the gener generation like Lee Lofton and Drake White, two of our mutual friends, wrote a song called Born 50 Years Too Late. Yes, it was right. actually called 50 Years Too Late. You should have been singing in the 90s, in the, <laughs> in the late 80s and early 90s. I would never have wanted to compete with that. Why? why? Because Winona and Tanya Tucker well, and the look, Judds Well, or just what? because of the, the caliber of song. I mean, but because... You don't think your caliber of song is bigger than today? Absolutely, I do. Which is, why, which is why I believe that I'm going to work and excel because, you know, there's a, the quality, the timelessness is there. But uh, those are some big, big shoes to fill. I feel like the artists that we grew up listening to set the standard uh, as singers, as songwriters. Uh, I mean, am I going to write a here in the real world tomorrow? Hell, I'd love to, but I'm okay with the fact that Alan Jackson and Mark Irwin did that, and nobody's ever going to do that again. 
I think there's more words and more notes and and there's other things that I can write that um, that are for me uh, that other people need to hear. Did you just make a comment that's saying that today's country music lyrically does not touch what happened in the 80s and 90s? I can't say that uh, teetotally, but I think everybody that listens to this podcast would agree the the uh, the quality of music, the quality of song, isn't quite what it used to be. You can agree with that. I would agree with it in Harvey. Yeah. But I don't know if I'd ever come out and say it publicly if I was trying to get a record deal. I'm not necessarily trying to get a record deal. Are you saying? Are you saying that? As far as compromise goes, I, I, I'm not saying there's not great stuff out there. There's great stuff there, out there. Is there though? What's I'm great? a huge, I'm a huge Eric Church fan. He's, I mean, he's he's one of the reasons he I'm a songwriter. Could he go down as the goat? Oh yeah, he's. I mean, he's he's in my top three. EC is in my top three, he's absolutely, amazing. absolutely. But you know, he is an amazing songwriter. But so is he Georgia too? Is he Carolina? He's North Carolina, but Carolina. so are the guys that he writes with: Casey Bethard, Jeff Hyde. Um, Michael Heaney, Ryan Tindall, all those guys are so talented, uh, and I get the privilege of writing with these guys too. And I think that uh, I don't know. I just think you got to set your standard. I, I have high standards. Maybe everybody else isn't, but but what I've learned over the years is to is to uh, simplify. I think people have a lot going on. We're a busier people nowadays. We've got kids in the back seat. Thank God I don't. Uh, or we've just got a million things on our mind. And so you need something that's going to catch their attention that they can be able to sing back to you with buzz the next chorus. And I believe we've nailed that with what the music that I'm putting out. I mean, Redneck Ass for Pete's sake is, uh, you know, they, it's, it's I've never released a song and they and they know all the words to it. The fans do. Yeah. So if you have a, a room full of taters and you're giving a hand hey. of seminar... Is, is is the high standards the number one thing? And what I mean by tater is somebody that wants to potentially be in the, your shoes someday as a singer-songwriter. Do you tell them to don't, e- don't even think about moving to Nashville? This town will chew you up and spit you out as fast as it took you to get here. Or do you tell them, keep your standards high and keep grinding and your time will come? What do you tell a room full of nine-year-olders that want to be the ne- nine-year-olds that want to be the next Hannah Dasher? I t- that's a great question. That's sweet. But I tell them to, well, yes, keep your standards high, but surround yourself with people who are honest with you, who aren't going to blow smoke up you behind. Uh, because I, I I grew up around brutally honest people uh, to a fault, but I think uh, you know if I was good at basketball, I'd be in the NBA. But I'm not good at basketball. But you've got to be able to recognize your strengths and your weaknesses, recognize what you're good at, recognize what you're not good at, and you know find a path. You know go go excel in what your God-given gift is excel there and let everybody else do their job and you may be a phenomenal singer but you may not be a great songwriter but guess what just because you're an artist does not mean that you have to write your own music because there are hundreds of qualified amazing songwriters here in town that that need to make a living off of you as an artist so do you think there is a good future for the female side of the world if I've got anything to do with it, by God, yes. So you're fighting for the voice, because you made a comment that a lot of the female voices in this city sound the same now. I agree. I couldn't agree more, because when it comes on the radio, I'm like, 
Now, Miranda, I could pick a Miranda song. Miranda, to me, is... Very talented. She's going to wear a Miranda, uh, what is it called, acting up shirt tonight. I love that new yes. album. But Miranda's very talented, right? But she yes. doesn't She doesn't adhere to the norm either. No. She kind of does her own thing. She's a renegade. She's an outlaw a little bit. Texas the, the, girl. the Marfa tapes that they put out last year, with or two years ago, with... with uh, John Randall. With John Randall. Those were okay. That, that, that record didn't impress me. But it wasn't, I love it Jack. Wasn't, it wasn't meant to impress. It was more of a campfire session. Sure. But she still did it. She's supposed to impress, right? That's what she's supposed to do. I loved it because I'm like, Miranda really did that. Well, it, was, it was tasteful. It was a good stripped-down record. Strip I think people down. need to hear things like that. I mean, Zach Bryan is making a career off of stripped-down guitar vocal kind of stuff. Culture Walls, the same. Are I you mean, a fan of Zach Bryan? Um, I'm proud of the success that he's had. I'm a bigger Tyler Childers fan. Are you a tired children's fan after sobriety or pre-sobriety? I don't keep up with his... uh, I've heard so many complaints of post-sobriety now that he doesn't have it anymore. And and, And I'm wondering if... That's why Keith Richards never got sober. Do you? Is there? Ah, well, Jason Isbell got sober, and it hadn't hurt. And hadn't hurt him. Do you think it hasn't? I think politics are hurting those boys. I think they need to be entertainers and songwriters oh, so and guitar players. Politics. And uh, because I mean, and Jason's from Alabama. You know, he's from Florence. He's from. I mean, he was the. He built the truckers, in my opinion, drive-by truckers. So I love that band. Yeah, I mean, but Jason is. Oh, what a talk about a triple threat. What an amazing, amazing, well-spoken, you know, he's, Amanda is super sweet, super kind, beautiful girl, Uh, you know, uh, I've just, I've seen a lot of talent lately get too wrapped up in what they believe is hip, what they believe is the the social cause to attach themselves to, Uh, and in most cases, they're not always that informed, and I think they're losing a lot of their bread and butter fans so do you think they should adhere to a go again going back to brent cobb's genius lyric of shut up and sing yes exactly because you're not here to tell me who to vote for no i'm not i, I paid to get a ticket to watch you sing exactly it's my job when i sit and i grind and i write a song it's my job to help you escape for three minutes at least you know that's that's my job is to unite people like i was saying yesterday i remember not too long ago a few years ago at the dixie chicks concert in atlanta when they were still called the dixie chicks i literally went with i had my purple haired gay friends in my left arm and my uh, good old boy georgia boot wearing rednecks in my right arm and we all came together like we didn't the country nobody wasn't cared. nobody cared nobody it wasn't that divided it wasn't it wasn't a it wasn't a racial uh it wasn't a discriminating uh undertone then at all that nobody was told to be offended about anything we just had a good time I could agree. And that's and that's the and that's the country that I miss and the one that I hope to carry forward in my music and my brand. So as far as inspiration goes in the way that your brain works, did something just click inside of your mentality to take a note on what you just said for a song? Because there's so much in there of that the division of this country has caused it to where you just admitted that you had gay friends on your left and rednecks on your right and y'all were friends and y'all enjoyed the same concert but now today those ones the ones on your left the gay people are, are supposed to not like you because you're that we're dividing them away from us it's almost like people are playing the chess game with personalities and then people get on that that boat and they and they you know they get on that box or that that soapbox and they want to say 
hey, I'm supposed to do this and that's what's causing the division. You're not supposed to do that. I'm, you're supposed to be this way. You don't adhere to that. You love everybody for who they are, but do you get inspiration in songs from moments like you just talked about? Well, absolutely, but I think Merle Haggard probably did it best with, uh you know, walking on the fight inside of me and uh, Randy. Snowball. That's right. Randy Hauser just put out a song that is really good. I can't recall the name of it, but uh, but it's uh, it's 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 really really great. But again, I'm an entertainer. I'm not a politician. I was a journalist major, so I'm very passionate about things like that. And if anybody wants to talk to me personally, I mean, I've had some conversations with people who are on different sides of the spectrum than me, or and and on the same. You know, fans that have reached out. Uh, but it all the conversation always ends with it with an I love you um you know I think there's a way to have open conversation without pushing people away but again so you don't hate me for shooting deer <laughs> lord no because it's there's a lot of uh artists you eat what you kill but man there's I a mean, lot of artists it. in your shoes that would never tell anybody that okay so we just have made a comment that just shut up and sing okay but are they really being them true selves if if the if the whole world knows that, or doesn't know that they hunt or doesn't know that they enjoy this part of it. Like, Why would they hide that about but, themselves? Uh, so many artists do. So many artists hide the fact. I hunt with them and you would never know it by what's on social media or what's on their albums or what's on their their websites. Or at the, Well, because with, if, if I post a picture of you know, me holding a rifle in a uh, in a deer blind or whatever deer stand you're gonna lose uh, half your audience i'm gonna get canceled uh, by instagram like i'm not allowed to have weapons we can twerk and we can twerk and we can sexualize children and we can do those kind of things but i cannot have a picture of a weapon um on on my instagram or page or i get my page gets shut down yeah how crazy is that yeah it's a little crazy it's a little crazy. I think there is going to come a time where we're going to have to stand for something. Quote old Aaron Tippin, because uh, hell, look at look at look at the world. Jesus is coming back next week, probably. But in the meantime, <laughs> I think next week. I'm gonna play that probably next month. But I'm gonna play the opera a few more times, and and I'm gonna uh, get some more music out there and try to uh, just try to love on people and and unite folks the best way that I can. I mean, hell, I'm launching a brand tomorrow, Blazing and Praising, for 420. My new t-shirt design. And I might piss off some of the evangelicals, but I have a piece about it. I prayed about it. Uh, but yes, it's no secret that I like to partake. Um, but when we look at Jesus, he was in the honky-tonks, you know, and uh, he hung the out. The Bible is all about music. He hung out with prostitutes, and I think he was just so relatable. And I think that's why so many people love George Jones. And I mean, George Jones was just—he was really able to pull that off. His faith was a big part of who he was, and uh, and I think so many country boys that wrestled with the same things just really, really related to him. And he was just really a voice, and that's all I hope to be—is just a voice. So you. You leave here today, and you go back, and you start living the Hannah Dasher. You, you have your private life, but the Hannah Dasher out in public life, you're all about right now getting the music out to the people, getting the songs, this new album out, these new lyrics out to the people in hopes of what? What does Hannah Dasher's six-month goal right now, what are the hopes? What is the inspiration? What are you wanting to see fulfilled through this album? Are there expectations? Or with your simplicity way of life now, do you sit there and go, I'm putting it out no matter what, and whatever happens is intended by the Lord, and that's what I'm gonna take and what I get? Um, I've launched this music on faith. I could wait around 
and I was trying to round up the money to do it all. It's, I mean, so like to launch this record is going to be a quarter of a million dollars. But I, but waiting around wasn't going to do anything. And you know, faith is is faith. And so I've launched this music on faith, and and the money's been coming in. Like it's like my needs are being met. My publicist is getting paid for. I mean, uh, you know, the bus this weekend. Uh, you know, I mean, like I, I have income coming in from what I do. But I just, you know, my needs, the needs are being met, and it's coming from out of nowhere. And I think it's just a big testimony, testimony to um, trusting God, trusting the process, and being on the right path. So my goal in the next six months, to answer your question, um, is to have a. Uh, a, a bigger presence social media obviously but um i will be on the television uh you were just on Rachel and Ray. i was i was uh at uh, xm radio was also a goal of mine in the next six months as well too so when you say xm radio do you want to be on outlaw country or do you want to be on the highway if you had it both your, if you had it your way and you only got one both i've only got one uh my let's face it my music is more commercial I don't want to be an outlaw, uh, but the shoe freaking fits. I wrote that already. I just did. But uh, all that to say, uh, whatever's going to reach the most people. You know, I mean, you could put me on the road with Blackberry Smoke, with Hank, with Party, with Luke Combs, with Hardy. You could put me out with those guys any day. You could also put me out with Brent Cobbs and Jamie Johnson's and, uh, you know, some of those acts that, that they play on that the Outlaw Station. One of the top three best country Oh my God, time. Jamie's one of my big songwriting influences. Oh my God, what a great record! It's, Woo, what a great record! That record is untouchable. Yes, Lord, love him, love him, love him, love him. So and if I ask you to pick up that guitar, can you tell the world or tell our listening audience how accredited you are and accomplished on a guitar? Because I tried to explain. Yeah, shoot. Are you what? How? They won't know it to hear this thing. How? Well, we're not. We're really not plugged in. I am a Fender artist. Uh, I'm so tickled. You know, I think I told you earlier. For years, I wrote songs and played shows on borrowed guitars. Literally every week, I had to go borrow a guitar from somebody. Um, and but now I'm so tickled to walk into my home and I've got boo coodles of guitars that have been gifted me by Fender and Gibson and um, and some that I bought for myself. And I'm just tickled to. Uh, uh, again, I'm an entertainer. I'm not. I don't call myself a player, but I do believe if you're going to hold the damn thing, you better do something with it. And by doing so, I have, you know, some younger, like, girl fans that are inspired because of it. You know, like Bonnie Wright inspired me to play a guitar. She's pretty amazing. She is. And Jaron Johnston, he's like, here. He literally gave me my first Telecaster and was like, here. Is that play it. Cadillac 3, Jaron? Yes. And that was just a few years ago. He's like... I believe you got the chops to do it. That's all it took was somebody I, somebody I looked up to to be like, you can. Anyway. What would you like to sing for our audience today? What do you want to hear? What would... Wh- Tater? Let me... Tater, do you have any questions for Anne? Here you go. Come over here. You got any questions? No. None? Not one. Are you sure? All right. It's your last chance. What if I did a verse and a chorus of bank? And then I'll give you a verse and a chorus of the new one we're putting out. Does that work? Yes. Okay. All right. This is Hannah. Did you do you like to be referred to as Hannah Dam Dasher? Whiskey <laughs> <laughs> Jam War came up with that. I'm Hannah Dasher, but but when I'm intoxicated, it is Hannah Dam Dasher. 
haven't seen the course with me on this one, just put it out. I know you, you know. said you listened to it 5,000 times already. I want to do a verse and a chorus. Swore I'd stand by my man when he put a ring on my hand. Got a house and a boat and some land sitting on the edge of town. Yes, but a trust fund don't buy trust. I found him making out in his truck. How trash. Should have seen the face of the judge when he threw that gavel down. Now You know, you're not going to know the lyrics to this one. This one hasn't been out yet. Tater, you're nine years old, and you're taking, tell them who you're taking guitar lessons from right now. Um, Bart Walker, he is um, Hank Williams Jr.'s guitar player, and he plays for you. He too. does. He plays for me, too. Isn't that wonderful? Bart is... Bart is a boss. He's great, and he thinks a lot of uh, he thinks a lot of you. He's been real impressed with you. So there's always a hey, Tater's doing this, or look what Tater's doing now. So I'm keeping up with you, baby girl. Thank you for keeping up with me. This is the one we're about to put out in May, and uh, right, Mr. Robert Arthur. What's this going to be called? Closing this door right here. It's called Ugly Houses. Have you seen those billboard signs that say we buy ugly houses? Yeah. That's where you got the inspiration? Yeah, I thought I'd make a hell of a song title. So, uh, and it morphed into uh, a, just a profession of my faith. We're all, we're all junked up messes. I love this song. I wasn't planning to release it, but um, it performed really well on my Instagram, and people keep asking me to play it. So, uh, we hadn't played it at the band show yet, but. Uh, I just have to. I'm a fixer-upper, need a lot of repairs. Kind of run down and outdated, stuff's thrown everywhere. If you looked in my windows, you probably want to leave. Thank who would want to live in me. Well, I ain't no... so good thank you you wrote that yeah yeah i just there's uh it's okay to put out some deeper music and i'm hoping that it might touch some people or that's reach really, some that's really good thank you dang it thank you there's something for everybody on this half record coming that up needs to be the theme now. song of hoarders on a&e <laughs> i need to call brian patrick all now. the junk inside tv buddy <laughs> joanna chip you hear that <laughs> That is oh, beautiful. Oh, Lord. So that's going to be called Ugly Houses. It's called Ugly Houses. Did you like that? Did you already have that one memorized? <laughs> Just one verse, you got it down? Well, as many little eyes as, you know, that are on me, uh, young eyes, I just, if you're going to stand for something, why not stand for your faith and something that's wholesome and real? And especially, I feel like the country really needs a song like that right now. That was beautiful. 
Thank you. We only got to hear one verse and the hook, but we will hear the rest on you the upcoming al- album. It's gonna I be- debuted it here first on uh, this Life of Everybody podcast. I, I kind of feel good about that title because I trademarked it in 2009, the year after I saw it written on a wall in Nashville, Tennessee, always knowing that it could be something, which means my life, I'm not talking about my life, anybody can duck hunt, anybody could move to Nashville if they want to, but there's all these different walks of life, everybody's got a story. And I think that it's cool that I was able to see that at Losers that night. But in, in the realm of Losers, it means moving to Nashville, working the honky-tonk scene, working lower Broadway, up late at night, up early in the morning. Because you don't want to don't want to get FOMO, right? Oh, i got to go to Losers on a Thursday. I just partied last night on a Wednesday, Lord, right? Lord, honey, I used to keep... I keep, live this, right? I did. I'd keep high heels and a... In a professional clothes dress in my in my car because I would come rolling in from 4 a.m. for coyote hunting on George Strait's farm, and going to you know going to work in my cubicle, not going on any sleep. Yeah, yeah. when you, in your 20s you can do stuff like that, and yeah. that catch up with me now in my early 30s. It's oh Lord Jesus. Anyway, but yeah, then this life ain't for everybody. But be a good hang, and bring it as far as talent goes. Bring and, it and be a good hang. That's what they taught me in school. You sure you ain't got a question for Miss Anna Dasher before we leave? I'm sure. Positive? Mm-hmm. All right. Tater's going to be teaching us all one day. She's a big fan. She, she's she got it, too. I'm a Tater fan. Everybody's a Tater fan. And Chad fan. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Always enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Check out the new Bonded, the new Triple Mash, the new 10, the new 12, as well as... Old number seven, the Gentleman Jack, the Single Barrel, all of the flavors, the Tennessee Fire, Tennessee Honey, and Tennessee Apple. Again, always enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Hannah Dasher, get to a show. Get her new music coming out soon. It's going to be called The Other Other Damn Damn Half. The Other Damn Half. She's the one and only Fender Girl, Hannah Dasher. Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening to another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody, presented again by the one and only Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey, Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee. I love that place. I absolutely love Lynchburg. What song do we go out with you don't have to play it we can do a recorded one unless you want to go out with a live one is we're it, going out with a hannah song oh uh do you want me you want me to go out with a, another artist do a chorus of uh, if it's gonna be another artist i'd do hank but uh how about a chorus of you're gonna love me kind of a thing yep here's h to the damn to the d this is h to the damn to the d with hannah dasher and tater <laughs> tater you gonna sing on this one sure you gotta get a little closer to the mic thank you all for being here this life ain't for everybody y'all gonna play it right no, this is it. Jam it. All right, I tell you to sing it. Two, three. I may be man, but gentle. Fresh out of Savannah. My people come ahead of age to the day under the day. No, I ain't for everybody. But I don't try to be. If you like the sound of that, you're gonna love That's right, girl. Oh. You're going to love Tater, too. Thank you all so much. Thank you, Hannah.